Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Alright, this is not a drill, ladies and gentlemen, and it is not Thursday, it's Friday. We're all here, the Shelter Footy cast, live from Backchat Studios. Skeeter, we made it, we got here. Yeah, we got here, and so did Dashing Dan, who uh, we've just we had a couple of medical emergencies, but guess what? The uh, the band is back together for a huge weekend of sport. R.I.P. Dan, he is alive, he is panelling, so um, Dan, just, yeah, we, yeah, he's going alright, just for everyone who is very interested in what we're talking about here, but we're a day late, we apologise, but we're going to move forward as if nothing's happened. Shelter Footy cast on socials, you can follow us there, send us an email, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au this is Shelter's Summer of Sour we still haven't released the Mark Reddings review which I might, might add it was, it was a promo it wasn't, it wasn't a review we don't need a promo skate right, I want a review now look we, we, we will release what you've done but it's a promo it's like a paid promo okay hi I'm Mark Reddings this is the this is the <laughs> Summer Sour right, I want you to taste it I want you to tell me what it tastes like I want you to tell me I want you to tell me what's in it, what it makes you feel. I want the emotion. I want, to, I, want, I want you to tell us what that sour tastes like. That's what I want. I don't want a promo. We know how bloody good it is. I want you to tell us what a sour tastes like. Oh, I thought I did a really good job. Well, well you did. <laughs> I tried really hard, Scully. I did, you know, it's like when I say to my wife, I did, I tried to, you know, because I'm not great with gardening or mowing the lawn, as you know. Uh, I tried. I said, Vic, I'd really tried. And you've given me the same sort of feedback. Not good. Um, Sorry. I thought you came here to escape all of that, but <laughs> clearly I'm just like your wife. Um, mate, you can win great prizes with the Shelter yeah. Summer of uh, Sour. A $600 exclusive escapes voucher. You can have Skate Mow Your Lawn with a Victor Lawn Mower, I believe. I may or may not be true. Uh, there's heaps of beer, heaps of merch all on the line. You can find it all at the website. Jump in and uh, order that. Shelter Born and Brewed in Bustle. And let's get into it, Skeeter. There's been a little bit happening, so we've extended this as a bit of a five-day break between our last podcast. Um, I'll start out of AFL. Uh, Peter Bowl, his second test, has come back clear. I, I believe it's it's come back um, negative. Yeah, negative. Well, a non... Uh, a non- there's a term for it. I've got to make sure this is where Travis might come in to help us out here. But it's uh, it's not non non indicative, but it is doesn't apparently, according to Sport Integrity, clear him. So it's not a negative test per se, 
non-typical or atypical. So that, that is the terminology from memory, which still leaves them scope apparently to investigate whether this is uh, a breach. Now, I think Peter's going to go through the process of even getting his um, parts of his liver or kidney um, examined in terms of his EPO levels. Right. So I, look, it's a great result for Peter. You know, we always say, oh, I can't believe they've been done, or, or some people say, look, if you've been done, most times you, you, you're guilty. But there was just something with this one, I thought, wow, he's he's so adamant, it's out of season. A lot of factors made me think, this guy's telling the truth. Now, maybe that's naive, but uh, maybe because I've interviewed him and he's a nice guy that we probably feel that way. I've got a pretty strong feeling on it. Um, so Sports Integrity Australia, who, who who run this in Australia, who are underneath WADA, so they, they run the WADA doping controls here in Australia, I, I think they they need to get it right. They, they expect athletes to get it right every time. And as an athlete, if you ever stuff up, you're done. You get suspended. There's no questions asked. But if there's been a stuff up on the other side, Sports Integrity Australia, they need to hold themselves to the same standards they hold athletes. I, I think it looks like an embarrassment for them. If, in fact, he is innocent and it's been botched testing or they haven't tested it correctly or whatever the case may be, if he is actually innocent and, and he's been put through this personally, I think it's an absolute disgrace on the organisation. Yeah, I agree. Look, I'm more more thinking of the A sample why, and obviously it was leaked, but quite often that is released as, as a finding. In America, to my understanding, having read a little bit in the last week or two, is that they don't release the A sample. No, you're not meant to they in Australia wait, either. They wait, well, in, invariably that those results come out. So, Which is bullshit. Yeah, well, I agree totally. So, But as it stands, the A sample is kept to one side until the B sample is either confirmed or or not. And that is obviously a massive issue for, for Peter moving forward, given his reputation over the past three weeks. You can't undo what's happened there. So, uh, look, some people have asked, you go back to 1988, Ben Johnson, the 100 metres, he was um, tested on the day of the final of uh, the 88 100 metre sprint, which he won, of course. The day later, the results came through. Um, bear in mind, there was no testing to my understanding of EPO back in 1988, and yeah. also in competition. So that whole process was expediated to get a result with medals and obviously the Olympics on the line. This was out of season, out of competition. So some differences there. But even the time frame of being tested to having his A sample uh, result revealed, to me, shows a, a flaw in the system. Yeah, but this is regular. This is what happens. You've seen this time and time again across every sport, not just athletics. You've seen it in footy that... Um Look, I'm sure that, that they'll say, well, the testing procedures take time and, you know, they need to make sure, you know, all their I's are dotted and T's are crossed. But oh, I, I think it needs to be expedited from what it is because in the end you've got people's livelihoods on the line. So if it's the people's livelihoods responsibility to not do drugs and to make sure they're um, competing clean, it's the uh, officiating body's responsibility to, to make sure it's dealt with in a, a timely manner which it's not being at the moment, and that this isn't the only example of it. Let's get out of this. You could have almost pressed the know your old shut your mouth. Know uh, your role you. and shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. We got a little bit out of our scope there, Our Skeeter. lane was very much, uh, it was a bit like being in India, where you're <laughs> trying to drive and there's merging <laughs> and not happening well. Have you been spent much time in India, Skeeter? Never been there. I was listening to a bloke this morning saying he's in Delhi today, and it's just like a, a jigsaw puzzle trying to get to the ground, and it just sort of... They also t- they try and fit two cars into one lane, yes. and it doesn't always work. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it would work. Let's get back into AFL then. Um, what do you think about some of this stuff about the AFL players' uh, salaries being 
uh, indexed effectively and released. They haven't, they haven't, they haven't named anyone. Should, should, do you think AFL players' contracts should be released? As a, as a journalist, as a punter, as a footy fan? Or well, as Mark Rennick? I don't mind yeah. it, yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I'm happy with it. I mean, put it this way. It's common knowledge in the United States um, what players get. So I know some footballers are a bit gun-shy about it. Uh, should it be across the board put out there? Um, look, I just think we're a different breed to the, to the Yanks. Where they, they, they're more than happy to, to ex- show their wealth, etc. But I've got no, I've got no issue with it myself. I mean, this comes out every year through the Herald Sun or through through an article which shows you the top or the twelve millionaires, so to speak. In, in but they didn't name them, did they? Uh, well, yeah. yeah, of course they did. Lance Franklin. What's so they named them? They've, they've named the likes of Lance Franklin. I think they were Nat speculating, Fife. though. Oh, it was speculation. But they're effectively saying that these guys are on a million dollars. Some some of them back-ended contracts. Yes. But, but they're still saying these are the guys, including Fife, including McGovern, um, Dusty. These are the guys that are millionaires in the AFL. And there's a dozen of them. Would you name your... Would you would you disclose your salary? What your, your earnings are? <laughs> I don't have a full-time job, so it's, <laughs> I, I'm not sure that's possible, Scully. I think that's always the argument that I hear thrown back, and I'm being a little bit facetious. Yeah. But, you know, would, would the regular person just come out and say, oh, this is what I earn per year? Because that's what you're asking, that's what you're asking players to do. I know, I know it's a public entertainment industry, but that is their job, and, and that's what they earn. And I reckon the answer is no. I don't think you'd disclose how much you earn a year, and I don't think many people would publicly. So I kind of agree with you. From a punter's point of view, it would be you interesting to know. But from a you know past player point of view and knowing a lot of players, I sort of think, well, what like what is the re- like is the reason just because it's public, like it's a public entertainment thing and it's sort of public interest? Is that why? Because not not he, many people would share that information. No, that, that's true. But not many people are also in the area of elite athletes. And you think of the Premier League, you think of well, most sports around the world now. The the salaries are. Pretty much out there, transparent. You'd, you'd cop like, mate. Like I'm happy to say, like my, my last year on the on the on the list, like I was earning absolutely fuck all. Like I was pretty much paying to play there, and you'd have players like that in those situations where, yeah, you've got okay the million dollar players. or how good's that? See how much Buddy Frank is on. But then you'd have guys that have been playing in the league for a long time on not a lot of money, and you're sort of thinking, oh, it's you know, a fucking bit. Well, the average player's getting four hundred thousand dollars a year now. So, so if you if you counter that, I'm trying to think of. Um, Steph Curry, $48 million a year. I'm just trying to think of Albo, the Prime Minister, getting 550000 plus a year. So he's obviously a politician. We're paying his way, so I think we deserve to know that. Yes. Look, I understand from a player's point of view, you're, you're a bit reluctant to, to share that sort of stuff. End of the day, um, I don't think it's going away. There's always that thirst for, for information. And you're talking about how poorly you were paid, for instance, in your last year. I had some great years as well. I'm not, this isn't a sob story. No, no, I'm saying, yeah. do, do, you, do you still go as hard? When you know you're getting two-fifths of nothing, do you still go as hard? Do you still... I, reckon it play, I reckon it plays into it a little bit. I, I mean, if you... You know, I had periods in my career where I was on um, like, a, like a salary, like a base salary. And it was, if I played one game, I played 22 games, it, I got the same sort of money. And then I had parts during my career where I was on uh, match payments. So you're mo- motivated to getting the team more so like towards the back end of your career I was back on sort of base plus match match payments so it definitely oh, it, it did for me anyway it, it is a motivator like I, I think anyone who says that you know the money isn't a motivator is probably lying to be honest oh, totally I mean, yeah. any job, you, again you, you try and put it onto other other fields you know if, if for instance I've been offered $50,000 to work for, for a company for one year um, yet the year before for the same company I was paid one hundred and fifty. yeah 
Start looking elsewhere. Your appetite starts at a waning, a fraction. That's human nature. Yeah, correct. Um, Talking about money, uh, the profits of both the West Australian sides are being released. Fremantle... Uh, are above where they, they thought they'd be. They've made almost $2.5 million in profit last year. West Coast, who kind of, I don't know, it's pretty common practice for West Coast, I believe, $3.5 million Just re- And that, that's on a poor year. Yeah, so, I mean, it's interesting how those are made up. You, you probably have a better understanding of, of how that that's, is sourced. Is that, is that membership-based? Is that sponsor-based? Is that all the above? Is it the deals they do with the stadium? Is it... It's, uh, it's revenue, essentially. And look, essentially, the... the Footy Commission owns both clubs. Yeah. $2.25 million uh, has to go to um, the Commission through royalties. So at the moment, say taking Fremantle's position at the moment, 2.25 or thereabouts, they've made I think 2.4 or 2.5 in that vicinity. So they that surplus now, most of that money, or if not all of it, goes into a, a fund, a fund for them to um, work through community events and use that, uh, for, for areas that the West Coast Eagles have got obviously a, a lot in the kitty because of their um, their their profits and their wealth. So Fremantle now getting into the into the black in that position gives them scope to do more community and obviously hopefully build. It just shows you finishing fifth. And, yeah, and, and if they win a flag, dare I say, there and Trevor Nisbet has said this to me, the chief executive, he said they're a sleeping giant yeah. of the competition, but they're already out there. They're already on the move. Financially, great result, and they've done a lot of things right. If you if you think about um, one of the major revenue sources are for, for footy clubs, you know, membership and and sponsorship, more people are going to want to go to the footy and watch you play if you're playing well. It's just it's just a fact, right? And sponsorship. If you if you imagine you're in the marketing department of a footy club, and you're going to go and sit down in front of a potential sponsor who's never sponsored the club before, and just say right at this moment, if if it was it was one room and there was one sponsor and there was a West Coast representative and a Fremantle representative. I know who you'd be signing with as a sponsor. Well, the sell is easy if, if you, because from a Fremantle perspective, you've, I mean, the proof is there. What you've just done, West Coast, you've got to convince them that you're going to get back up. West Coast would be relying on, on history, exactly. saying, look, we've been down before, but we've had a long period of success and we know how to do that. Fremantle would be saying, have a look at our list, have a look at how we play, have a look at the potential. We're going to win a, grand, we're going to win a premiership in the next four years. Get on now, otherwise it can be more expensive next year. Um, so it's good to see that. And the last one I wanted to t- cover off the top of your skater, been a bit of um, look. I, I use the word carry on on Twitter, and I got a bit of flack over it, um, which I, I don't know who, who cares really. But uh, there's been a bit of attention around uh, ticket prices here in Western Australia. So the AFL made the move um, in Melbourne to freeze prices, uh, at the MCG and Telstra Dome or whatever it's called, Etihad, Marvel, um, and to really, to try to make it more affordable for families, etc. Well, that's what they've come out and said. Meanwhile, Western Australia, um, it's expensive. It's expensive to go to the footy and there's been a lot of attention and, and public reaction to the fact that potentially tickets are getting, um, too far gone for the, you know, the regular punter to go and see the footy, um, where do you sit on it first, and then I'll give you my thoughts. Well, five years now, the AFL has had a freeze on prices at the G and Marvel, and the pandemic would have played a part in that. But five years, that's, that's pretty good. So I think it's $27, single ticket, to go to the, the G. That's pretty cheap. That's very cheap. $54 for two adults, two children. I think it's 18 for concession. That That's that's, that's cheap. really cheap. Now, bear in mind there are how many tenants of the MCG there's... there's Let's say there's 10 clubs in Melbourne yep. and, and a lot of clubs play there intermittently or regularly like Collingwood, Richmond, Melbourne. Yep. Here, a bit like Adelaide, the costs are higher. Um, Adelaide prices are more expensive than Port Adelaide. Um, 
possibly because of, the, again, their history and, and yeah. what they've achieved over the journey. Uh, and let's speak specifically to WA. I've asked the question, is it Optus Stadium? I'm told not so much. There's a stadium deal in place. But I think it is, for instance, the West Coast Eagles who, because of supply and demand with membership far outweighing seating at Optus, it becomes more expensive. That's like... Because we're talking about general admin tickets here as well. Yes. That, that must be... It's, it's not talking about membership. No, true. It's talking about the leftover amount, effectively. But, but, but there's going to be... Again, I'm no ticket expert here, but there's... Obviously, with how many members of, of West Coast got? 90, 100? Something like that. Around, anyway, they've got far too many. If they're playing good footy, far too many members yep. than seating, even for members. So whether... Yeah, that plays into the costing of it. Again, we don't want to speak on behalf of the Eagles, but I'm sure that's a factor. And I think you've summed it up and we've heard others do the same. Supply and demand is very much at the forefront of this discussion. Well, mate, it's it's like people are blowing up about it, right, to me on Twitter, saying, you know, silver spoon or someone who doesn't have to pay for tickets. It's it's none of that. It's literally an open market that's being dictated by supply and demand, right? Mm. So... There's a low supply of tickets available to West Coast games. And you can say, oh, they didn't play well last year. They've still got a shitload of members and people still want to go watch them play. Is a frustration, though, yeah, if so, you're a member, yeah. you don't go. Yeah, correct. So that's where I think there's... So, so it's an open market, supply-demand. There's a low supply, there's a high demand. People are going to... It's a business. Sport is a business. I say it all the time. Money, money dictates everything. You can say what you like. You can say it's about the culture and it's about the fans. It's not. It's about money. And... I don't, do I think that's a good thing? No, but that's what that's just how it is. I'm sorry. It's a supply-demand issue. The, the, there's big issues in it, though, when, okay, West Coast have got you know, 100,000 members, yet they get 30,000 people going to a game. That's an issue. Now, in America, um, they've got StubHub, they've got um, you know, ticket, ticket, like effectively, like ticket scale, like not, you can, you can resell your tickets, right? And you can do that at the Eagles, surely. Well, you can put them back into the pool and you, you don't get, but you don't get back the full price of that ticket. You get a percentage back um, off your membership of the next year. I, I, someone was saying this on Twitter, like you don't uh, back to the footy club, I believe. Okay. Um, so, so basically, the system currently for members who don't want to go is is too hard, and so they just go, you know what, I'm just not going to go. I just can't be bothered dealing with it. Then there needs to be some sort of open platform where members can. Um, sell their tickets. I, I would, I would hope, potentially not a bidding system where it just gets. That would make prices even more expensive. But, but at, at at sale price, or correct. Or, if yeah. you could just resell them at, at what face what, value? Yeah, face value. I, I think there should be. I think that would fix it um, a little bit. And, and it, but but in saying that, I think prices are still going to be high. That there, there's still a lack of seats at a venue that's sixty thousand and, and in a state with two teams. It's a very different situation to Melbourne where there's eight teams and there's 100,000 seats at the MCG, they need to make it cheap. Otherwise, people will not go. Whereas here, you can say what you like, you can talk about blue collar and you can talk about all that, and I do understand that. But it, unfortunately, like there's demand still. And supply and demand, to put it into context as well, go across to other sports around the world. Manchester United, for instance, Old Trafford, seats 60, 70,000, whatever it is. I mean... Every week there's a home game. Manchester United supporters are missing out on going. There's there were some interesting comments around that as well, and and it's potentially look. None of this is a good thing either. I guess I'm just trying to say how it is. I'm not necessarily saying it's a good thing. Um, Arsenal, Man U, Man City, Chelsea, they've lost a lot of the the real fans because it's just 
you know, you can you cannot. It's just middle class and above. You can't you can't go to the soccer anymore. Mm. So I hope we don't get to that stage. But that's usually how markets are dictated. So unless you can bring somewhere in where you can give access to people that can't necessarily afford it, I, I don't know what the fix is. The only well, the upside is I suppose if you're looking at going to the footy in Perth, you're playing slightly overs. Is that you are going to what five years in? A facility that is regarded worldwide as, as elite yep. still. It's, so it's one of the best in Australia, if not the best. And so you're paying a bit more, but you're also going to a, a venue that is pretty specky. Yep, I like it. Mark Reddings, Will Schofield, Shelter Footy Cast. Yeah, just a bit of reminder after that nice little bit of music by the Southern River Band. Uh, we, we are or will be on our new feed. There's been some teething issues, I believe. Uh, they're... they're there should be some sort of new feed. I haven't been running it, by the way. That's not what his teething <laughs> issues. <laughs> Skeeter's had his hands all over the computer. No, I don't know. It just takes some time sometimes. So just... Yeah, once it's official, I'll just keep reminding you, we will be moving to another feed. But in the meantime, just stay where you are. You're right here. Don't worry about it. Um, Dan will sort it out. Skeeter will sort it out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Imagine what you'd be doing, seriously. Oh, let's, let's have a little focus on West Coast and Fremantle. Start with Fremantle. They've left a rookie spot open, so potentially to use at the mid-season draft. They were trialling out uh, brother of uh, Sarong. Liam Sarong, yep. Sam Stubbs. Yep. Uh, I can't remember. I think we spoke about this on Monday. And I, I said it was really 50-50 whether they were going to pick them up. The gut feeling was maybe not because they just they hadn't pulled the trigger. So, yeah, they're going to leave that open yep. and uh, maybe mid-season draft yep. is... You heard any, any word on captaincy? Heard Nothing any? really. I interviewed Simon Garlic on radio, and that process is still possibly a week or two away, which, you know, we're getting deep into February when that happens. I heard David Mundy speak on 6PR. Yeah, same. same. I, 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 would, I would just, I mean... Alex Pierce, and he, and he had him clearly ahead. Hmm. So I, I tended... Uh, you know, we, you and I can sit here and talk as much shit as right? yeah. talk as much shit as know you. your role and shut your mouth. <laughs> That's right. We can just talk all about it. If you got someone like Dave Mundy, who's been in the walls, who's been a leader, and may a have captain, heard, and may have just heard something just on along the way. He says Alex Pierce will be. You know, he 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 said if I was picking it, I'd be picking Alex Pierce. Yeah, what would he know? <laughs> what would you and I know? Seriously. <laughs> um, so I, I think that's a is what is it? Fade complete. Is that, is that what it is? <laughs> you what say it all the time. I don't know. Fade du complet. Is that? Is it? Is Just keep that. Up know yourself. your role and shut your mouth. Don't speak know French. What is it? Yeah, isn't that it or not? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do, and I've actually the term just just slipped. I know I say it quite right. a lot. Well, they don't say No, I'm trying to. It's it's something. It's like fade du du complet. It's like the. Fin- <laughs> Ah, get on you boys. All right, Dan, fucking lay down in the shower next time. Stay there, won't you? Uh, let's see. Dan's lost, Dan's lost the plot. Dan's lost the plot. Ski's lost the plot. Hey? That's Would you like me to give French lessons? That was, a, that was a faux pas you just delivered, by the way. <laughs> Petit me arm. It's French for yum. Okay. Free uh, Today... Uh, Intra club, the last one, of course, they've got uh, Adelaide, then Port Adelaide in yes. a couple of scratchies. Sean Darcy's gone back east, uh, a family bereavement, so not right. involved today. But uh, interesting, Luke Jackson, theory is that he's going to go forward and, and obviously try and see if there's some nice synergy with him and Fifey. Um, obviously, they're trying to find a, a replacement for Lob Taberner if he's fit, becomes the, the main man. In Tabin- many ways. I've heard Taberner's been training well. Mm. I, I've always rated him really highly, um, Taberner, and... and you know, he was dropped at stages last year. 
which which is a real confidence thing because when I've played on him and when I've seen him play well, like he's a very very good player. So I think people are sleeping a little bit on Matty Taberner. Um and he'll be a really important player for them. And if he can get his confidence up, I think that'll really change it's, their stuff. He looks like one of those players that, you know, confidence is huge for everyone yeah. in life. But he just, you can see him on a footy field. If, yep. he, if he looks comfortable and, and gets an early touch, an early goal. He's a, he's a gun, mate. He's, he, he plays big contested marks. He's really fit. He's fast. He, he could be anything. And so was, free to have him sitting right there. But he cops a lot of flack. But you know what? what why off, is that? Off the top of my head, I think he was like... Pick 60. He was, he was, he was like a rookie selection. A rookie, yeah. He was taken out of nowhere. Problem is, you show some potential. People forget your number, which is good and bad. Mm. Or not so good if you're, like, if you're an early draft pick. They always you know, so they expect. But with him, he's come from, from literally nowhere. Mm. And no, he's, he's forged a pretty good career. If he can just stay sound. You just don't hear many people talking about him. And, and yeah, I just... I've literally played with him, bloke, and I think he's a very good player. So, I mean, Frio aren't without forward stock. So, if they could get him, Fife, and a Jackson floating through there, that's a forward line. Like, that's a proper forward line. True. Um, uh, talking about the forward line, let's move to the back line. Brennan Cox has uh, raised the eyebrows of a few, including Kane Corns. Players shouldn't be participating <laughs> in extreme sports, says Kane. Uh, Brennan Cox uh, has hurt his knee skateboarding, scab on his knee, got infected, infected knee. I, look, I was asked about this during the week. I I tend to lean towards people who are allowed to make mistakes. And, um, you know, in hindsight, and we're talking about it right now, does it look like a, a, an intelligent mistake? No, it doesn't. But you could be... Uh, I find it difficult to draw a line between what players should and shouldn't be doing. There's, there's always clarity between, you know... Big moments, you know, you shouldn't be, uh, I don't know, there, there, there's things you shouldn't be doing, driving a race car probably, for instance, or things that Water are like, skiing. yeah, like things that are, but, but if you, I don't know, if you're just rolling down the South Beach down down in Fremantle and you go on 5Ks an hour and you clip a rock and then fall off a skateboard, or if you're cycling, like a lot of players cycle, I, I, I would think, I don't think clubs ban cycling, but. No, no, there's a slight element. Look, surfing, I, I, a lot of guys surf, you can hurt yourself really badly surfing. I think it's difficult to rule things out, no, and I'll be leaning taking, on, I'll take the club side of view here. Okay, you're yep. paying good money to to players, and if you are look skateboarding, I mean that to me that's is he twelve? I mean I don't know how many how many blokes. No, he's, I love Baron Cox. Who skateboards at the in the mid twenties? Seriously, action <laughs> skater on a skateboard. <laughs> you would have been a skater boy going back in the day. No, I actually can't skate to save my life, and I would never get on one. And oh, look, I can agree with you. But people are allowed to make mistakes, right? And all right, club, Fremantle, fair enough. And he can come in and say, my full responsibility to take ownership, blah, blah, blah. If he does it again, like that's when you go, right, then then the checkbook's getting you know torn up and you start losing some money. But you're allowed to make mistakes. It was the same thing with the, the West Coast guys that went to Hippie Club last year. You're allowed to stuff up, right? I agree. And, and, you're, and the club is allowed to say, hey, you shouldn't do that. But in the end, you need to support them. I don't think there should be bans around extreme sports, but I can also see the same side as, as the club and yeah. others. And I think you put it in a pretty good context. I, I think the, the hippie club going out, young blokes, not yeah, at a time when they shouldn't have, and, and Brennan Cox, I, I put them, not about, a, you know, I know the hippie club copped a lot of grief, particularly given what's happened with COVID, but realistically, they're... Yeah. I, I tell you what, I, I don't reckon you'll see Brennan Cox cruising around his skateboard <laughs> any time soon. He'd be feeling sick because... 
Oh, like he's, without, gonna, he's gonna play round one, so yeah, it's all good. Without without knowing what happened, he would have like come off, hurt his knee, and he he would have been strapping it up, trying to keep it away, oh, yeah. and then it would have got infected. And he would have been oh fuck, what's going on here? He'd be feeling sick. What about West Coast uh, up the road? Um, Jack Darling, positive news. He's uh, syndesmosis injury isn't as as feared, um, which which can be a season long injury. It can be a sort of sixteen week injury. So they haven't done surgery, um, which is a I say it's a positive thing, but I've I've seen guys not have surgery and it and it um it's, it's not an easy injury to to work through. It's not like a like a hamstring, which is just a regular three week, four week, and then you can just you know you never do your hammy again all season. Um, a- ankles can hang around, they can linger. You, you sometimes have to put some local anaesthetic into it, which which makes it worse in the long run. You, you you're weak, so you're not moving as well. So. Uh, it, it's a positive outcome, but it's not a positive injury, and um, and he's a really important player to, to West Coast. Absolutely, and not the only Jack that's gone down this week. Uh, Jack Williams, yes, ruptured spleen. So that's that's not great news for the young no. bloke. It's not season ending, but gee, was it puts you behind the eight ball. And I've seen a bit of him uh, commentated some of his work uh, at Colts for East Remain. Like he's haven't seen how physically he's grown, but there's reports that he's he's just maturing nicely so that's a, that's a bit of a setback for him but so tonight there's going to be some interesting players who get some minutes Campbell Chesser I believe will get some is this an open session uh, not sure if it's open or not to be honest it is intra club but I mean, I know today uh, Fremantle are opening the doors for half an hour to the media which I assume right. is also the public get to watch them warm up and then get Probably, out of there yeah well the first quarter no the first quarter oh, okay, so, so there's that West Coast tonight not sure but very interested to find out how Ruben Jimby goes Elijah Hewitt Noah Long because essentially, as Adam Simpson suggested, going back to 2018, that there's likely to be some some first gamers against North Melbourne. Yeah. And tonight, it's not going to be defining, but it's certainly going to help them get selected for next week's game against Port Adelaide, which you and I are going to yep. do some work on. Yeah. And then, then Adelaide. Tell you what, uh, Shelter Footy Cars taking over Fox Footy. <laughs> Kojo, uh, thank you very much. So yeah, tonight's a, you know I'm sure there'll be a couple. Would you be nervous in intra club like this as a young bloke? Yeah, like, young, like yeah, young. Jimmy. yeah, absolutely, young guys. Because it's, it, it, it's the re- it's the first real one. Like you and I have been um, jammering on now for six weeks about footy stuff. But this is this is a this is a real test because um, real minutes, real umpires. Uh, you do a full prep. Um, you know, Simo even used to have us. You know, running out to the music we'd run out to um, for West Coast. So it's a, it's a. It's meant to, you know, you're meant to prepare like a like a like a game. Sometimes with training, you, you you hydrate and you you get your right food into you, but you don't prepare like a game. This is a game prep. So all week they would have they would have been doing oppo meetings. You know, that it's, it's it's to give the young guys a look at what it what it looks like at AFL level. So yeah, for sure. I, I remember some of my first games in, in this sort of scenario. I remember playing at Subi Oval my my first intra club game, and you know I was playing on guys like Adam Hunter and Ash Hansen. I played on and. I did. I, I stuffed something up, and Darren Glass, you know, ripped one. Yeah, rip, like, like, you know, yeah. you know, like. I, I still remember that it was my first one, and he was like, I let, I let my man um, fly across the pack. I didn't, didn't hold him down. He's like, whose man was that? Whose man was that? Me, and he realised I was sort of, and he. He's like, you can't ever do that. So I, ne- I never forgot. But it's a, oh, I never, never forgot. And I don't reckon my man ever flew across the pack ever again. Yeah. So like, you can learn things in these sorts of games that you can't learn at training because mm. it's. You know, in training, your man leaves you, flies off the pack, does something. It's like, okay, just start the drill again and it's all good. But in a game, it's one moment. That's why there's such a difference between training and games because training, you just get to start the drill again. You get another chance. That's why it's good to train. Games, 
you either do it or you don't. You, you, you have one opportunity for, for moments. And, and why is it defenders are so feisty? Uh, I've got to say, <laughs> local Denver Granger Barris, yes. who uh, got involved at Hawthorne like during the that. week, a bit of push and shove. And uh, WA boy, WA. Very interesting story because uh, he grew up in the hills. Ian, father, yes, uh, Gooseberry Hill. He grew up, and I I had had a chat with him a couple of years ago doing an interview. I said, "Whereabouts in Gooseberry?" He said, "Graham Road." I said, "What number?" He said, "65 Graham." I said. Mate, that's where I live before you. So, oh, uh, shit. It's a young man has just uh, taken over my bedroom probably uh, at some <laughs> stage. And uh, But uh, really good fella. I uh, like him. And he showed a bit of spice or spirit, should I yes. say, during the week. Um, yeah, so backs, why are they so grumpy? Oh, mate, it's, just, it's everyone else's fault. That's why. Midfield's <laughs> fault, forward's fault, uh, umpire's fault. It's not, never the backman's fault. So you're going to blame everyone else. I did see that and I like what I saw there. He's, uh, he's got a uh, lovely old man, Ian. I uh, did some dealings with him. During my career, and, and uh, I actually ran a junior clinic with Denver. Him as like a twelve-year-old, and um, not that he not that he credits all of his success to anything that I ever did for him, but we still talk about that um, on socials every now and then. I remember that time he came and ran, ran the drill drill down with us, and he was this lanky. He's got red hair. He's rang our lank, lanky kid, and and I remember thinking like. Oh, this, like this kid looks he's like he's spunk as well. Yeah, and he's like a twelve-year-old, and he was sort of, you know, he's competitive, and but you know, 12, 12 years old, you can't tell. But, but mate, it reminds me of the story. I can't even remember the kid's name from WA, but got to present Adam Goods with the the uh, the medal in a grand final. Um, also, Joel Selwood become really good. Mate oh Joel yeah, yeah. Um, draftee. I'm trying to think. It was it. Oh, it wasn't Jimby, was it? Was it uh, Buzzlinger? Yeah, Buzzlinger. Buzzlinger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well done. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, but not, you're not Joel Selwood, obviously. No, correct. Oh, you mentioned Ruben Jimmy's. No, did you say you got hypnotised during the week? Did you say <laughs> that? that? Is there a vision of it? I think there's vision. Have you ever been hypnotised? I was about. That's what I wanted to ask you, and probably finish. Oh, we, we a couple of other things to talk about. I have been hypnotised. And fair decom? Yeah, proper. Went under on a footy trip um, in Darwin, <laughs> and I was cooked for the rest of the evening. Really? Like. Mate, it, it rattled my soul. <laughs> but don't you have to let yourself yeah, but be, you, be Yeah, correct. And, and you know what's going on. Like, you know when you see the stuff and you're like, there's no, you know, there's, that, there's no way they don't. You know what's happening, but you, your mind's almost like, it's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Like, mm-hmm. I'll do that. And, yeah, I was fully, I gave birth. to I gave birth to someone, to a child on stage in front of all the boys. <laughs> it's fucking funny. But... Like, I, I didn't enjoy the experience at all. I was completely cooked for the rest of the night. I, I pretty much had to go home. Uh, like, after a few more beers, I could just ruin my night. Yeah, I was I was, I was, not happy. Not happy with it. Anyway. anyway. The, uh, Ruben, Jimmy, and whoever else jumped up on stage uh, <laughs> with Matty Hales, well played. Uh, we've got about uh, two or three minutes left. Who's going to do this? Will Schofield, Mark Redding, Shelter Footycast. There's a couple of rapid fires around the other sports. The Glory, uh, they host the Central Coast Mariners this Saturday. They need to win to have much of a chance to make it this year. What about the golf, Skeeter? You been getting into the golf? Uh, not so much with Tiger Woods making no. his comeback today. Uh, 47 years of age. Hasn't played, I guess, for close to three years in a, in a proper tournament. Um, started off by car. Is that the car accident? This, oh. is after, this, is, this is after that car accident, right? Yeah, but he's, yeah. I mean, he's been around, but not... This is like his... The, the big comeback. Right, and of course, right. it comes on the same week, and I haven't watched it, but I definitely will. Netflix have put out uh, a doco like Drive to Survive and the tennis one saying it's full swing, I think it is. Um, 
and I spoke to Mark Allen, who's a, who's a golfing aficionado. Mm. He reckons it's uh, super safe. If you get the chance to have a look at that. You like Drive to Survive? Yeah, something areas. like that. And look, I'm not a motor racing person. I'm not a golfing person per se, but obviously the Drive to Survive stuff was, was really insightful. And I'm told this one's got like the, the private planes, behind the scenes, the women, all that stuff, the parties. Oh. Giddy oh. up. Oh, boy. Um, cricket. Starts today, doesn't it? Midday. Yeah, don't, starts today, mate. This is this is a, a, a defining test match for Pat Cummins. He's had this will be his fifteenth test. He's lost one, so the numbers have been pretty good. But really, is he, he going to be playing? Yeah, of course he's going to play. I read somewhere, will he be dropped? What a load of horseshit! Seriously, <laughs> some people. A bloke was from SEN. Should he be dropped? No, he shouldn't be dropped. Pat Cummins is an elite cricketer. He'll be playing in the test match. The question is, if Cam Green plays, if he's fit enough with his finger, yes. batting in the nets, struggled a little bit, I believe, with the fast bowling. But if he can play, it just opens up the Australian side because they can then play three spinners, if required. Cumin's gone over there to, to help out Murphy and Lyon. Head's got to replace Renshaw in that lineup. I mean, Hanscom, I'm not sure Hanscom's a test player, but over there, I think they'll, they'll persist with him. Warner will definitely play, but it all depends. I think Cam Green is the key to whether Australia can... Um, pick the side that they want, win the toss. I know they lost after batting first, but that, they've got to do the same here in Delhi, make a score, albeit Ashwin. Ashwin's their, their gun spinner. Mm. His average at that venue in Test cricket is 12, which means he gets wickets <laughs> so pretty everyone, is, that, is that every 12, 12 runs he takes a wicket? Is that what that Essentially, means? Essentially, yeah. Uh, haven't Australia not won at this ground for... Like a long, 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 long time. Lots of, lots of countries don't win India. So yes. let's put that into context. And while we're there, I know this is just very quickly on cricket. Yeah. England, 325 off, I think, 50 overs against New Zealand on day one. They are taking didn't, Test cricket into a new stratosphere with their attack reti- nature. So I saw they retired after 50. Declared. Declared. So nine down. Sorry, 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 Day-night match. Jimmy Anderson comes on, takes a couple of poles. But they are turning Test cricket on its head, which sets it up beautifully for the Ashes. But the Poms, I hate seeing them win, but they are, they're very good to watch. I've, I've always wondered why this doesn't happen. Like why, why, why in Test cricket, with the fields, how they are, why don't they just... Why don't they tee off more. Yeah, why don't they just tee yeah, off? No, it, well, that's, that's a bit what Brendan McCallum and Ben Stokes have instigated. That The risk versus reward, they're taking it on, it's paying dividends. Yeah, I will finish with this. If Travis Head doesn't play, I will spew up. Yeah. I, I've, 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 had, I've had enough for this Australian cricket team. If you can't play the number four test batter, and the be, the, the, the bloke who won player of the series... He almost won player of the series. He, he was basically the player of the summer. Uh, arguably. Worldwide, mate. Like, if you can't put that... If you can't get that person into a team, I don't give a shit if you're playing... His record in, in the subcontinent has been great. Who cares, but guess mate? what? Matthew Hayden's record wasn't great. Damian what about Martin the rest of the team playing right now? How's Dave Warner going? No, the, I, I agree totally. He'll be playing. I, I will put this... If he doesn't... We'll and spew, they get rolled. We'll live spew up session here on the show for the cast. <laughs> you what, it's going to be a bloody good listening if we get out of that. Uh, Summer of Sour, we're going to get a review from you, Skeeter. I promise we're going to do it. As opposed to a primer. Yes, correct. But that's all right. We'll oh, well, I need pr- another can then. I've only got yeah, one can. Okay. I drank that on Saturday before I went to see Sting. Well, how was it? It was great. He was 71 years of age. I know that's old. No, not, I don't give a shit about Sting. Oh, the, it's the Sour. <laughs> the Sour was good. I'll tell you what, though. In all honesty, it, I t- it took the first couple of sips. It's an unusual taste to, Here we go. to this is good. absorb. By the end of the, the can... You want another one? Yeah, I did. I, I swear I did. It was it would it had grown on me because because it's you know something you never had, had a sour. That's why I want to know. Like, yeah, no, it certainly was something that I. The more I drank of it, the more I thought, yeah, this is the taste buds got to learn what the heck they were doing. In the end, in the end, Scoey, 
It was a fight accompli. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I was trying to say. You, you re- say it all the time. Absolute numpty. <laughs> Socials, Shelter Footycast. Follow us over there. Uh, find us on YouTube. Listen to us uh, as a podcast. We'll be on our our feed when Skeeter sorts it out. Um, so, look, it could be in 2024, to be honest. Uh, mate, it's been fun. See you next week. Au revoir. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.